Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Audio Podcast. So let's talk about the Pope, the new Pope, the process of acquiring a Pope, and why this current Pope, Benedict XVI, is stepping down. There's been a lot of speculation about this Pope stepping down, and I believe that it's for two basic reasons. I think he's leaving for two basic reasons. Number one is exactly what he told us. I think he's ailing. I think he is unable to keep uh, up with the duties and responsibilities of his office. And I think he's stepping down. But I think he also knows something else. And it's something that's been breaking in the press for a while uh, and something that's very, very important. Whether you are Roman Catholic, you pray for the Roman Catholic Church, you pray for Christians around the world, uh, this is a very important topic. And that is that apparently uh, the kind of tensions, the kind of competitions, the sort of intrigues, um, and even illicit activities that tend to swirl around in an organization like the Vatican and have for centuries have really reached a, a new height in recent history. And a lot of this is spilling out in the press. I think that uh, Benedict knew about a great deal of this, knew he was not strong enough to be able to withstand it, and uh, that's why he stepped down. He wanted the light to shine on the Vatican. He wanted uh, a younger tribe to come in and clean the thing up. Uh, Let me just give you a brief overview of what's been reported in the press. Now, I realize that most of you are not Vatican watchers as I am, and uh, not certainly not a professional at all, um, but watched the Vatican, been to the Vatican, made embassy to the Vatican, fascinated with it, uh, certainly believe that Roman Catholics are my Christian brothers and sisters, and um, therefore always interested in what the Pope is saying and how they're working in culture and what have you. Um, and so I'm, I'm aware that uh, there is a, a, a great tug of war going on within the Vatican. Uh, the Italians would like to have the papacy back uh, after the reigns of John Paul II and Benedict XVI. Um, it's been decades since the Italians sort of controlled the papacy. You really shouldn't speak that way, I suppose, but, but basically influenced the papacy or the Pope was Italian. And so all of the indication is that uh, a senior cardinal, who is the Secretary of State for the Vatican, uh, Cardinal Tossicio, um, is a man who has been positioning himself not to be Pope, but to control the process of the Curia in electing the Pope. Curia is sort of like a temporary Congress uh, of Cardinals. And, uh, and so knowing that Pope Benedict XVI was getting older, uh, knowing there would be an election, uh, Cardinal Tarsicio uh, began to sort of orchestrate events, bring together coalitions, remove certain people, begin to position, some would say manipulate, uh, for the sake of controlling the process of electing a new pope. Lots of odd things began to happen. A man by the name of Paolo Gabriela, uh, who is the Pope's butler, was actually caught with documents that had been illegally leaked. Now, you need to realize uh, that the Vatican is not just the headquarters of a church. It's not like maybe Nashville uh, as, as relates to the Southern Baptist Church. The Vatican is an actual state. You can be in prison in the Vatican. You can be arrested. You can be a tried in the Vatican courts. Um, you can't be executed, but there are there are everything a state can do uh, happens inside uh, the Vatican uh, minus an army, uh, and so. Uh, this is this was a serious crime, uh, not only under Italian law, but also under Vatican law. And, and did I mention this was the Pope's butler, the man, a man who was taking documents from the Pope's desks and files um, and had them 
uh, had stolen them and were obviously going to use them for some purpose. It it seems that he was sort of allied maybe with Tarsicio and was was using these planning to use these documents to bring allegations against people. The the, the core issue has to do with money, as it all often does, and and I say none of this in any way to disparage the entire Roman Catholic Church, uh, but just the shenanigans of the Vatican, which are uh, historically legendary. Um, the Vatican, even though priests live a very modest lives and many take vows of poverty, um, the Vatican itself controls a $6 billion empire. Um, at the heart of that empire is what's often called outside of the Vatican, the Vatican Bank. Um, but inside the Vatican or inside the Roman Catholic world, it's called the Works of Religion or the IOR. Basically, it's the funding of religion. And there has historically been a huge amount of corruption related to this. And I'm not saying that as a Protestant who's critical of Roman Catholicism. I'm actually a Protestant who's as I've said, supports Roman Catholicism, but the but Roman Catholics themselves uh, say this. In fact, a man was appointed in 2009 to head this Vatican Bank, this Works of Religion organization. 2009 now, that's only four years ago. Um, and his mandate was to clean up the bank and get it free of, notice, the mafia and Italian Freemasons. <laughs> now, that's the kind of stuff you think was happening back in 1920, um, or maybe long before. But no, this was this, man, this was this man's mandate as late as 2009. Um, so something is clearly wrong. Um, there have been lots of allegations of overpayment and, and contractual misdeeds. And uh, one of the things that's reported, and I do not know firsthand whether it's true, uh, is that there was an expense for $350,000 thousand dollars for a nativity crash. Um, this is the kind of thing you see popping up when there's corruption. You know, a guy sells uh, an organization, a case of Cokes and charges $10,000 for it, that kind of thing. So what, what the scene that's sort of coming together um, is that these leaks that are coming out of the Vatican, and I, I think it's probably providential that they are so that we know what's going on. Obviously, Benedict knew these things. Obviously, he knew uh, that there was a need to clean house. Um, he's a scholar. He's a bit of a recluse. He's a bit of a, uh, not a curmudgeon at all, but certainly an introvert. Uh, and so he's not the kind of man to sweep through the Vatican and pay the price of, uh, you know, cleaning house and kicking people out and offending nations when they, you remove the South African delegation or the Nigerian or what have you. And so it's, it's very, very interesting history, and it's going to have a lot to do um, with the upcoming election. One of the big questions is, will the Italians assert themselves and reclaim the papacy? Now, it's, it's my view, and this is not in any way to insult Italy or Italians, but it's my view um, that a lot of the corruption that the Vatican deals with seeps in, of course, from uh, the surrounding Italian society. So it might be better not to have an Italian pope, not for religious reasons, uh, but because an Italian pope would be outside of these systems of corruption and pressure and politicking um, that a, an Italian uh, cardinal, a, f a future Italian pope, might be subject to by virtue of having lived in Italy. Don't know that that's true, uh, but it's very possible. It's interesting in light of that that the lead contender right now uh, for the papacy, and we again, my Roman Catholic friends will warn me not to speak of uh, an election of a pope like it's an American presidential election because they believe the Holy Spirit is involved, as I do, by the way, although in a slightly different way. But the lead contender, if we're just speaking of it crassly as an election, is Cardinal Angelo 
Scola, who's the Archbishop of Milan, a little bit younger, a little bit cooler, um, used to Italian society, of course, um, and a, a man very, very respected. In fact, he was spoken of as a candidate uh, when Benedict was elected some eight years ago. So there are a number of people who are uh, lead contenders right now, a number of people who are being spoken about. Uh, the excitement is one of two things, either an Italian pope is elected, which means, quote unquote, the Italians get it back, or the papacy goes third world. And there's lots of excitement, as you can imagine, in the third world um, about the idea that you'd have a pope who understands poverty and understands how the third world is diminished in places like the UN and the World Bank and so on. So there's great drama, great tension, great need for prayer, uh, and clearly uh, there's need for reformation at the Vatican. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times best-selling author, a popular speaker, a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN, and a blogger for a number of leading online news services. His groundbreaking books on faith and American society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Faith of Barack Obama, The Mormonizing of America, and the soon-to-be-released Lincoln's Battle with God. You can learn more about Stephen at www.mansfieldgroup.com and connect with him on Facebook and on Twitter under the name Mansfield Writes. The Stephen Mansfield Podcast is produced by Isaac Darnell for Chartwell Literary Group.